Hello everyone. Before we start with the podcast, I just want to first of all say thanks for listening, but also, as a wee disclaimer, want to explain that thanks to the lockdown situation we're in, we recorded this podcast remotely. The plan was that each person would record their own audio, but unfortunately one mic was picking up the speakers of the Zoom call that we used. If anyone's ever tried to edit something using a Zoom call, you'll know that the audio can drift and then quickly catch up again, which has caused a bit of a reverb on our voices from time to time. I tried to fix it as much as I can, and I got most of the really bad bits, but it's still a little iffy from time to time. So don't worry, it just sounds like that. Saying all that is actually fine. It's a nice podcast and my guests are both very funny. So please enjoy the show. We were so <laughs> bored yesterday that we filled, Lindsay and I, sitting across from each other, filled in the same, which house are you and Harry Potter quiz? <laughs> the most okay. like, online quiz, quiz of all time. Mm-hmm. And see, if, could you guess? Big pair of Hufflepuffs. Me over here, Hufflepuff. Pathetic. She, she laughed as if it was <laughs> truly like the worst thing I could that could have happened. <laughs> you the you, you filled in a form and you've got an official doctor's note to say you're a loser. <laughs> <laughs> it seems, but then you look up and it's like Hufflepuffs are hardworking, loyal. Uh, oh, may spare me. Sounds like you know, this, this sounds is pure. Really this is Hufflepuff talk. Is it? Oh no, we're right. What are it's Hufflepuff what, pattern? What are they? Right, I know there's Slytherin, and I know there's Hufflepuff. What's the rest of them? Gavin Ravenclaw. All right, okay. Um, who are the? As far as I know, the the smart ones. Mm-hmm. And Gryffindor. they can fix PCs. Yeah. <laughs> and Gryffindors who are the brave. Good ones, right? Okay, so okay, the, the, the good oh. guys. The good, right. yeah. Okay, this is all getting come up in any. any oh well, no! Hello and welcome to I Hate Doctor Who a podcast uh, for people who hate and love Doctor Who alike. My name's Richie, and um, what we usually do in the show is uh, I'll pull on someone who hates the show, someone from my life. Mm. Um, I get them to tell me stuff that they like, and um, I find their perfect episode. So, we're not doing that today. What we're doing instead is I've got on my first mm-hmm. two guests returning. Uh, first off, who's going to go first? Uh, I'll say hi to Gav. Hello, from Richie. episode one. Hi. How you doing, Gav? I'm doing really well, Richie. Thanks for asking. How are you? Do I say your full name? I always feel weird. Like, do I say, do I say Gav? Gesh Gav? Gavin Gav's, Spence. Gavin Spence. Sorry, yeah. So, um, I'm rebranded. So, uh, hi, Gav. How you doing? How's, it, how's life been since being on I Hate Doctor Who? It's been a real whirlwind for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, I've gained the, the ire of the Doctor Who community. Uh, it's tough for... Uh, nearing 40 year old cisgender white bald guy with a beard and glasses to get his point across on the internet <laughs> well days. I should probably I should probably tell people in case anyone's listening for the first time so Gav was on the very first episode and we watched Robots of Death together it was mm-hmm. a bit of a success I'd say Gav enjoyed it but I don't think he immediately got into Doctor Who afterwards I still hate Doctor Who <laughs> so this works it's totally fine um, and then after I left the show for far too long. Him and his cohort, Phil, mm-hmm. uh, hijacked the show. 
I was completely <laughs> unaware of it. I was on holiday and uh, I started getting notifications for comments on a new episode of I Hate Doctor Who and I discovered that Gav and Phil of Geshcast had taken over the show and done their own episode on Greatest Show in the Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, uh, what a great episode. It was good. It Many was have good. said it's one of the better episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say it was one of the better episodes, but um, yeah. So, uh, did you have a concern that you had been sleep podcasting when you saw those notifications? <laughs> there, was, there was a weird. I genuinely had a weird moment of like, is that? Did I do something? Yeah. No, you did. You do question yourself. No, no. Um, Especially the best thing was is like for the the, the millisecond when you start it, it's me talking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, a, that's a good trick on our part, I think, uh, to fool your vapid audience <laughs> so, so if you do go back through if this is your first time if, and you go back through look forward to that one because it's pretty good and um, also returning uh, is my good friend Owen O'Donnell who was in my second episode we hello. watched uh, The Green Death together hello Owen we did The Green Death and uh, I enjoyed it despite yeah. everything Owen <laughs> um, he said hello I, I left uh, I left that podcast with of course you know the big lie that yeah I, pro- I probably would watch some more <laughs> and uh, the only other Doctor Who I've watched since was Greatest Show in the Galaxy to, uh, <laughs> to course, get the most out of that yeah. episode in the galaxy the two of you didn't take too well to Greatest Show in the Galaxy did you? well the problem with Greatest Show in the Galaxy is it's not good in any kind of way <laughs> no that's I mean that's fair yeah I'd have to echo that sentiment yeah I think for me <laughs> Doctor Who in general is like a regrettable tattoo uh, you know when you get a one tattoo and then suddenly you go the, the pain of the ta- getting the tattoo fades and you go oh, I wouldn't mind getting another one and then you sit you sit down in the chair and suddenly you go oh this is shite I hate this <laughs> <laughs> how many tattoos have you got Gav? Uh, personally zero Uh, but I am just speaking from you know I guess what you call experience of others living vicariously through other people who've made bad decisions of course of course Um, so basically the situation here is is that um, we are this is happening during the whole Covid lockdown thing so we're all podcasting remotely and um, we I mean We've all been sitting in our house, sort of twiddling our thumbs and getting pretty bored. And I've basically just been missing my pals. So, um, again, if if this is your first time listening to this and none of you know this, me, Gav and Owen, or me and Gav, sorry, frequently appear on Owen's podcast. So if you enjoy this, you can go and check out the Infinite Review. And also, if you enjoy Gav, go and check out his podcast, many podcasts under the flag of Geshcast. Um, but I decided to get them both back on just as an excuse for the three of us to chat. But also as a nice excuse for uh, making them watch one of my favourite ones. Name. Name. How did you get into the complex? When did you first become a traitor? Unless you cooperate, you'll soon be in front of a firing squad. You have very little time left. My dear young lady, we all have very little time left. Doctor, where did you go? The parallel world, Liz. Terrible things are happening there. Terrible things. So we sent you here. Why did you come? I don't exist in your world. And you 
won't feel the bullets when we shoot you. Unless we do something very, very quickly indeed, it's going to be a disaster. As long as you people go on drilling, you're rushing into terrible danger. Are you coming with me quietly? I'll stop this drilling! Stop this drilling! Or do I shoot you here and now? If you break through the Earth's crust now, you'll release forces you never dreamed could exist. We have penetration zero, penetration zero, penetration zero. You're, you're opening like very nicely, I'd say almost apologetically, yeah. because you've made us watch seven episodes I know. of like, Doctor Who. I know that you love a long podcast, you know, um, uh-huh. but I didn't think when you said you want to watch some Doctor Who and then it was like seven parts. I didn't, I didn't even remember it being seven parts. It's like, a, it was only after I suggested that I went and looked and it's like, I, I thought it was at least a six-parter, but room. yeah. So we're doing we're doing Inferno, which is um, uh, th- obviously Third Doctor. Uh, obviously, new this obviously <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> new to Gav, familiar for Owen. I've just chosen it as one of my favourites because uh, you're selfish. I'm selfish. <laughs> the watch as many the as thing I, I felt when I started watching this one was having only previously seen. Uh, the Green Death, mm-hmm. it felt like if you had shown someone who'd never watched Doctor Who before, yeah, just those episodes, Green Death and then Inferno, you'd think, this is not a show about a man who travels through space and time. This is a show about a man mm-hmm. who drives around Wales annoying miners. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, it's, yeah. There's, there's, there's well, no... It's it's not really Doctor Who we like to, in to my mind what Doctor Who is like. It's yeah. it's very much like a different sort it's of show. Of, it's kind of interesting that because um so this was this is the, the last story in the seventh series, which is John Pertwee's first year, and it's also the first year that was in colour. What and, finale um, <laughs> And it was start of the seventies sort of end of black and white Doctor Who so they, they kind of had a bit of a it's like a wee bit of a reboot in the sense it was like it's in colour <clears throat> and at the end basically of the second Doctor's run the Time Lords catch up with them and they punish him for running away stealing a TARDIS run away and interfering with other planets basically and other oh. you know with historical events and they force him to regenerate and then they banish him to Earth I probably should have given you all this so basically what happens is is his TARDIS is broken. So I was going it doesn't to ask work. All this, yes. He's so stuck he's... in the seven no, sorry, is another thing. He's stuck in the late seventies. Oh, um, so it's supposed to be the, the future? Yeah, like ten years or like not even ten years, but a wee bit in the future. Um and he's gotten a job with unit basically, and he's <clears throat> a lot of it's about him trying to get the TARDIS working again and but um Interestingly, when they Getting when they decided tables. to set the show with no time travel and no space travel, what like what was left to the writers was either mad scientists or alien invasions. So you get a lot of these stories where he's running about the home counties and um, <laughs> with these sort of sinister companies doing stuff and kind of you know, and there's usually an alien or some some madness behind it. But um, if they, <clears throat> if they had kept that format longer. There's a chance we could have seen the Doctor ride the Miracle Express. <laughs> oh, 
don't. That would have been the. That's the this ultimate, really, isn't such, it? Such such a niche job. Like <laughs> jump, <laughs> trying to jumpstart the TARDIS by getting the Miracle Express to go fast enough. Just like <laughs> just rip off Back to the Future three. Got to go through this big paper mache wall. Right, it's all coming. The joke's all coming together for me now. I get it. Um, <laughs> Freddie, is Freddie Mercury still on the back <laughs> performing? <laughs> As long as he doesn't I, interfere with history, aka save Freddie Mercury, then yeah, you don't. <laughs> we have to insist that you don't save Freddie. <laughs> Doctor Who bursting into that bathhouse. Stop! The doctor's like, I wasn't. I'm not really into Queen, to be honest with you. You could save him. No, there's no, no way the Doctor does not love Queen canonically <laughs> simply because yeah. it's a, a British institution like of course the Doctor just by default loves all things cool Britannia yeah crying a little bit when they play under pressure at the proms <laughs> <laughs> waving two little flags little UK flag oh god I was, I was, I was about to think I was thinking like should I explain a Queen video to the audience but they definitely all of them definitely know yeah if you're listening to a Doctor Who podcast you're a massive fan of Queen (laughs) I got 10 minutes in and I had to comment (laughs) the Miracle Express could not achieve speeds (laughs) now so um, yeah so basically Inferno I mean one of the things I love about like that era of Doctor Who I love all the sort of crap industrial locations and stuff that it has and it has this sort of weird run down like the I love the location I think it's like um some sort of coal ore processing or something in, in Leeds. Yeah no like <laughs> and, I, I thought and the- I love the the kind of industrial it feels very post apocalyptic. It has this kind of misty crappy British haze over it which yeah, no, I think it really reminded me of, the, especially when they went and did the outside shots. Like, it was so dirty and manky. Yeah. And I thought, like, I want a right good play around on all that stuff. <laughs> like, it really reminded me of, like, those adverts about, like, playing in industrial areas. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. You know, like, those that it would obviously really frighten you when you were little. Like, yeah. You know, like, over the top 70s commercials. But it made me think about, like, did you ever get to experience in real life the thrill of playing on a construction site? Like, don't I don't think so, no. Yep. Climbing on scaffolding, tearing your back open on, like, <laughs> exposed metal. I think it was seeing the the steps that were made out of a single cinder block. Yep. At one point was a real, like, yep. Like, the thought of this is, like, a futuristic... Uh, complex, but you see that cinder block and you go, Yes, yes, I, <laughs> I know exactly what's Who. going on here. <laughs> I know. And when I remember when initially getting into Doctor Who, when in the context of like liking television sci fi as it is now, and especially like if you like a British show, oh, you're probably going to get like six episodes every two years or something. But it really sort of confused me that Doctor Who seemed to be on all the time, and it's because they were just. Belt it. it was essentially shot almost like a soap. They were just belting out episode after episode after episode, and it's and they would literally shoot them, and it would be on TV like three weeks later because it was just just because of the way it was shot. But um, because of what it is, and because it needs to be inventive, there's a real inventiveness from the kind of creative team on trying to find good angles and just 
mad locations and just trying to do lots of there's a there's a nice kind of homemade feel to it but with but with resources as well lots of trying yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. much but like with all that but with like real professionals doing it so that's kind of what's fun about it like i was watching the you know there's a few stunts in it you probably noticed that some people fall from high like there's a guy that falls off a tower yeah, and it's like really, really high, and they show the photos in the special features, and it's literally he's falling onto layers, layers of, cardboard of cardboard boxes, boxes with a layer of mattresses, mattresses on top. <laughs> and these are professionals; they, they were a professional stunt team. And the guy's been interviewed. He's like, "Oh yeah, for every ten feet, you just have a layer of cardboard boxes." Yeah, <laughs> good to know. But you have to. He's like, "But you have to fall flat because if you fall, like if your hand is." pointing down the way it just goes straight through the cardboard you'll just go straight through the cardboard boxes and hit the ground (laughs) and like obviously just health and safety in the 70s is just obviously just like we'll just get the actors up there we'll just get them up there running about on mad scaffolding and stuff and it'll be fine well that's what I felt like when I think someone there's like a car chase scene where someone breaks their leg or something in real life like one of the actors oh yeah yeah that's right um, yeah he's meant to jump out the way of the car and he just gets hit yeah did, well, just like, do you know that doesn't surprise me because that was one of my notes as I was watching that when the doctor hops in his car and starts doing that escape there's yeah. some very very near misses <laughs> yeah. and I thought that the situation was probably like oh like that one was so close that it was definitely dangerous, but they might as well use the footage if they got it. Yeah. But now I'm hearing, <laughs> oh, oh like actual it. injuries. Well, yeah. Uh, that's yeah. just, it, it is like a lot of it's down to the fact that they had a, a really good stunt team on the show, which I think was unusual. But um, yeah, there is a total madness to it. But also the kind of, um, the crap kind of, it, like you'll notice as well, I don't know if you, you maybe you didn't notice, but compared to say other episodes of Doctor Who, it looks very fuzzy. Mm. Just, I won't go into this for too long because it's obviously very nerdy no, very go, go for it man let's hear it so at this point it was still a point when uh, they would film an episode put it onto a tape but the videotapes were too expensive so they would tape over them uh huh <laughs> <laughs> you can so edit the, out the sound of me tapping my watch <laughs> <laughs> and like so basically the only way that they got they had to the one thing that happened is that they would sell the tapes overseas, but before they could sell the tapes to America, they had to convert it to NTSC. So that would be sent over to America, and the only way they could get the episode back was by was from an American TV station because the BBC just taped over everything, like your dad, but um, <laughs> like David. <laughs> so when they got the tape back, they had to convert it back to PAL, and obviously the process is just wobbly, and it's I mean it's it's good enough, but it's but it has this kind of oldy, crappy video vibe to it, which I, which I kind of, which brings something to it as well. So it's got this really creepy, horror-y edge to it, but with a nostalgic seventies BBC thing going on. So we can't well. blame BritBox for the quality. No, <laughs> we can blame BritBox for a lot of things, though. Having used it for this, the first time I've ever been on BritBox was to watch this, and oh my god, that is a a shit service shit box <laughs> more like shit box um, yes Richie exactly <laughs> I know no subtitle options really none 
terrible uh, episode skip as well. Like if you're wanting to watch Inferno, you click on that. And it's like, okay, episode one, here we go. It's like, no, I want a list of episodes. Oh, And it's like, no, no, mate. (laughs) Yeah, it's not great, is it? But it does have one foot in the grave. So I was like, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll I'll tell you now, I only watched about half of Inferno, and then I was on the Keeping Up Appearances. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But if you have any questions about Richard or Oslo... Richard! or, Or the dog that would bark at um, Mrs. Bouquet. What was Hyacinth's sister's name? That's series two. (laughs) (laughs) It's Rose. Rose. Every time she... It's my sister Rose, dear. Rose is definitely viewed by the... I don't remember all this. appearances fan base as the scrappy do. (laughs) (laughs) Of the show. But she really came into her own during that film. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's true. The B, the B plot that she had in, uh, in the movie. The McKay residence, the lady of the house speaking. So getting into Inferno. Uh, yeah, I guess I, I never really gave you guys any background on it. I just kind of threw you in. And obviously you've you've done like unit in the Brigadier and all that before. But Gav, your experience at Doctor Who previously was Tom Baker in space and robots. Yes. So you've got a whole bunch of new characters Especially uh, John John Pertwee, like because I've got no experience with him as the Doctor. So like the first oh, time yeah. I saw him, really was that big daft face that he pulls in the intro credits. Uh, he's quite an interesting one because I think on initial when you look at him, he's he's quite a grumpy one. Well, but that's then the I more thought, you watch him, he he's quite he's silly. Not, he's not going to be a fun Doctor by the look of him. Like he looks stern and uncompromising, which is a far cry from Tom Baker. <laughs> um, but it, it looks like like an alcoholic uncle who's going to maybe give you a fiver, you know, if he comes around your mum and dad's and he's leaving at like half twelve. You know, like, oh, he's been around for ages and he gives you a fiver on the way out. Like, oh, he's, he's definitely right. the handshake money give. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, goes for the handshake and you move away and it's like, oh my God, it's the lowest denomination of paper money. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I kind of like the, uh, like the idea of a doctor who... He looks stern and grumpy, but there is a bit of fun. I think I'd prefer that to the ones that are like, they look wacky. They look yeah. fun as hell, but sometimes they get serious. And <laughs> you can't really buy the seriousness as much if they're wearing the Riddler's green body <laughs> morph suit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, I, I think, think I think the, uh, the grumpy Alco uncle who can also dress up as a maid to sneak into a chemical plant or milk factory. I think that's kind of good. <laughs> he, well, obviously, he had the Aikido as well. Although, was it karate in front of him? I can't remember. Venusian karate. Oh, yeah, when he goes, Venusian karate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, well, that, that's the thing. Like, at first I thought, that's he's, go- he's not going to be a fun doctor. But then, I've got it in my notes here for episode one, the first thing is the doctor driving fucking brum. and he's singing opera and I think to myself oh no he's wacky (laughs) (laughs) oh no I don't want him to be wacky and he wasn't really but that that intro that was like it couldn't get much more look at me how look like parp parp in his wee car <laughs> singing away and you're like oh god squirting the assistant with a flower <laughs> it's, 
It is funny, actually. I, I must I must have told this story on this podcast before, but, like, my old boss, uh, like, watched Doctor Who at the time when he was a kid. And, of course, I, I you know, I, I don't think about it. I, I never thought about it this way at all. But um, when he'd been watching it for, like, seven years, you got William Hartnell, Patrick Trout, and it's all black and white all in space and all that and he's like and all of a sudden he's driving a fucking clown car and he's got a job in the army what I mean it's like oh yeah I guess I guess if you thought this is it then yeah <laughs> you might yeah. be kind of annoyed but obviously I just because there's so much of it I'm just like well I've got other stuff here and there it's fine doesn't matter yeah Richie's like oh I never thought about it from someone else's perspective <laughs> <laughs> you'll be That's hearing a lot of that tonight <laughs> I do I, I, I do like the two guys like they tried to sort of establish the banter at the factory at the beginning the two guys that meet each other and it's like they're still on the drilling oh it's like a bleeding dentist I've got that down but here like uh, when he goes into the into the building and it, it, it honestly took me four tries going back and forward to find out what the hell they were saying this this was the point at which I was checking to see if subtitles were available yeah no, really. like this guy's going to be an idiot. Yes, I'm a bloody dentist. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? I really want to challenge as well. Because all seven episodes are bedded with the sound of industrial machines, yeah, as well like, as so just strange. the general muffly audio quality of the period. <laughs> And then it gets to a point where it's like, it's bedded with the sound of the world exploding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when I told my friends who have, like, I've got some pals who are massive Doctor Who fans, and I try and mm-hmm. keep both of you separate and also them. And they they like, call themselves <laughs> Whovians, Gavin. Oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. Again, that's my that's my bad. Um, they were saying, like, oh, no way, like, Inferno's amazing. I'm so jealous you get to see it for the first time. And you're like, I, I like these people a lot. I love them. They're my friends. But they weren't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> So you didn't enjoy it? No, 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 I would say I enjoyed it less than Robots of Death. Not to get too into the review part right now, but uh, I think the trailer oversold it. Oh, the tra- oh, those, those trailers! trailers aye, I, I shouldn't have said. I shouldn't say the trailer. I was like, the, um, this looks amazing. Aye. And then, like, there's about three episodes where nothing happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. I, uh, as long as we're doing this, um, <laughs> <laughs> shite. <laughs> I um, I think if I was shown this as, uh, this is a great Doctor Who, okay. I would think, well, Doctor Who's not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what my friends were telling me though. That's one. Of, it's one of the best ones. It's one of my favourites. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. Oh, I'm so jealous. You get to watch it for the first time, and I'm like, oh, this is the seventies version of the fucking Matrix. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, maybe my boss was right. <laughs> but like, I was watching it with the two of you in mind, and when you're doing that, you sort of start to get a wee bit more edgy, but a bit more cagey about it. And you are right. Like towards the end, you're like, okay, this could have been maybe even five episodes, <laughs> yeah. not seven. And, and in fairness, I watched the features in the DVD and like the the script editor. Um, was the first thing he does is moans about how many episodes it is because I think after that series they went back down to just doing four episodes stories um, but he says yeah he says it's a hangover from like the previous year like all the stories were about six or seven like they were really long and um, <clears throat> but they're like 
Interestingly, this the um, the story itself was originally meant to just be about the drilling. Um, well, and apparently, I'm, I'm afraid that that comes through because <laughs> <laughs> there there were long stretches of it where I thought, is there still a sort of monster <laughs> going around? I could have sworn, <laughs> and there was like. A couple of people have been killed. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just uh, that's to... someone else is dealing with that. It's yeah. yeah. But the I, thing I, is, I, like he, he's not really because like it's the unit commander is always like I, I've got bloody people that have been murdered, and I'm investigating that. And then, but they constantly cut back to him just being in his office. <laughs> no, he's, not <laughs> he's not doing the investigation himself. He's got people he can delegate it to. The guy. The really awkward the brig- guy. brigadier, yeah. the guy with the tash. Yeah, oh, that, wait, that's his name. Okay, Brig- <laughs> brigadier, brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Yeah, um, yeah. No, well, like the the, the, uh, the thing I found quite interesting actually was that apparently the the idea came from the writer had read about two attempts to penetrate the Earth's crust, and one was by the Russians and one and one was by the Americans. And the American one happened out at sea, and. With no explanation, they abandoned the project. So he apparently he phoned the American consulate. He's like, why did you stop drilling? And they were like, we'll get back to you. And then they came back to him and went, no, that's top secret. I can't tell you why. <laughs> also, so like, who okay. are you? I just assume that in the past, these sorts of things happened all the time. Nobody was like, who? What? Why do you need to know this? But... Um, yeah, we, we had that on the, our, our show Supernatural Entertainment System. It was about the Russian one, and that was about uh, the creature that apparently was found that could mimic uh, a human. What? Yeah, the Russian one was apparently, like, the, it managed to mimic some of the crew to get on board. <laughs> uh, that's the big conspiracy theory around that as well. See, that, I, got, like, if they'd known that at the time, they might have had a... <laughs> you were about to say something better, but something something different. Um, I'm suddenly now really sympathetic towards everyone who's involved in any kind of scientific research because they must be getting calls constantly asking questions about it and think, sorry, who, who is this? Because well, I'm a writer for Doctor Who. And oh. <laughs> There's no, we, no, we haven't found any fucking goblins or. <laughs> good, so, good, good. So they had the story. It was about drilling, and then the script editor and the producer were like, "We can't get seven episodes of drilling. That's just not yeah. going to work." So the script editor came up with the idea of having the alternate universe thing, which is obviously just a very overly done thing now. But and st- I mean, Star Trek had done it already at this point. But anyway, it, it also meant, he says, we can't have an episode where you're drilling and the threat is that the world explodes and then you stop it and nothing happens. So we're, we're going to have an alternate universe where everything bad happens then you can come back and stop it. And then obviously that wasn't enough, so they added the the primords. As the, <laughs> I like that you good. say, obviously that one. wasn't enough. <laughs> <laughs> The destruction of two universes. (laughs) I put it to you that it would have been. Yeah. But just as a four-part. As a four-part, yeah. I kind of like the Primords, though, because they're... um, That weird noise they make. They make that weird noise, and obviously in the script someone's written something else. 
so that yeah. when the brigadier asked the doctor, have you heard anything like that before? And he's like, yeah, at Krakatoa. It's like, Krakatoa did not sound like that. <laughs> Surely that weird sort I of... I bet you Krakatoa <laughs> didn't sound like that. <laughs> um, um, I, I think the Primords, like, I like the look of them in theory, but, like, when, obviously, your budget is low and the makeup's not great, as a director or... Uh, someone who worked on the photography side of it, I'd be like, let's keep them in the shadow. Let's not keep give too many close ups. But in this, in every episode they're in, they love to do like a full like zoom into their face as they walk towards the camera. <laughs> <laughs> so you see like the plastic fangs. You see like the edges of them around you know, their mouths. Gav, do you know what's hilarious? Is like I don't see it like that at all. But it's because I've watched so much Doctor Who that I'm looking at it and going, they look great. Don't, I, don't, I, don't get me wrong <laughs> no I mean that's fair that's just I, this, I mean that's part of what this show's about it sort of takes it away from my kind of um, whatever tinted glasses I have about the show yeah, we the, just rea- the cold I'm reality going, of your view I'm going through like a colour wheel in my mind to think like what lenses I would put in front of your rose tinted glasses to make to, to neutralise that <laughs> As soon as the tin goes in, it's all the DVDs in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> I watched five minutes. John, this is this is rubbish. This it's is rubbish. rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> I do hate Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing I registered that domain. <laughs> <laughs> just replacing all the podcasts with a photograph of yourself, just yeah. <laughs> and the logo. Just wait. <laughs> I um, do hate Doctor. I, I do hate Doctor. <laughs> Is, um, before we get started on like an episode by episode basis, I'm assuming that's God. what you're doing, Richard. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> Richie, are you already fed we'd... up with your own no. podcast? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was I wasn't planning to do it episode by episode, but yeah, you better be fucking kidding because I've got notes for every episode. Richie. Oh, I mean, I'll talk. I'll go through all your notes, man. <laughs> no, um, this might sound stupid, right? But do do the Doctor Who community. Uh-huh. Share a larger affection for Brum because of Doctor Who riding around in essentially a massive version of Brum. <laughs> how how similar is it to Brum, really? Very I mean, it's similar. very similar. I mean, I've, I've got episode by episode notes and I have Brum. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think that, like, when, when I was coming back from Birmingham after st- TF Nation, I, I was in the airport and I looked over and they had like a little ride in kids Brum. Oh, and I was like, I got my picture <laughs> taken with it. Look at this, Brum still kicking about. Brum's oh, yeah, still, Brum's still driving yes. around. Is Brum did still they, relevant, man? Did they say the car's Brum's name in the episode? episode? I think it's called Brum. No, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Brum. Doctor Brum. Brum. It's called Bessie. Oh, of course it is. They had some storyline in the first episode where he steals the car, and then. He asked the brigadier if he can keep it, and the brigadier's like, "No, but we'll get you another one." And it's like, "Where are you getting well, another one from?" Another one of them. <laughs> Everyone was driving around in those. <laughs> are there any instances where the doctor ghost rides the whip? What? No. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, continue with the show. What does that mean? You never seen ghost riding the whip? No. Oh my god! Right. Okay. I'll get. I'll send you some videos after this. <laughs> Hopefully, is it? Where is it from? When is it from? It's just a thing, you know, like you never see that where like people would get out of their cars, they'd keep the car, American car, they'd keep it in drive, and they'd go very, very slowly along the road. Then they'd get out and start dancing alongside the car. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's known as Ghost Riding the Whip. Right, okay. <laughs> okay. I'd love to see the Doctor do that with Prom. That's all I'm saying. I'm pretty sure there is a fight There is a fight sequence out, or something that happens out, like with the car's stationary, and it just moves. Every time someone touches it, it rolls forward. <laughs> like it's got no brakes. Or like a like Brom, like <laughs> car with a mind of its own. Um, <laughs> Brom is an absolute don man. <laughs> so well, I tell you, when I was watching it, and he drives into the 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 hangar, mm. and all, all I was thinking about was like, oh, he got to drive that. Imagine driving a car indoors. <laughs> <laughs> now save this for the episode by episode breakdown. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> My notes. So uh, you know, I, I don't want a backseat edit here, but uh-huh. Sting and the Sting has David Tennant saying episode episode by episode breakdown, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the first Doctor saying episode one. And then second doctor obviously says episode two, <laughs> and so on. How did, do you have a soundboard there? <laughs> um. So yeah, okay. Let's 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 dive in. Yes. Well, uh, Richie, now I'm going to have to ask you to do your best first doctor impression for episode one. Oh. Um. Episode one? Hmm? <laughs> That's going to be every one of them, isn't it? <laughs> Episode one, here. <yeah. laughs> he guess was probably bad. I'm the first doctor. Would you like a jelly, baby? <laughs> I actually watched a video today, a seven minute long supercut of every time the doctor offers a jelly, baby. No. Seven I watched minutes. that today. Seven minutes. The first doctor, would you like a jelly baby? Second doctor, would you like a jelly baby? (laughs) (laughs) Until you get to Capaldi. Would you like a jelly baby? (laughs) A wee jelly baby. (laughs) He's good, isn't he? Does Sylvester McCoy do it? Sylvester McCoy? Um, I don't recall seeing his fat little face. I think they maybe dumped it by then. It's a thing they love in the new series because they did it in the old series. My friend took great uh, offence to me saying the little fat one when I was talking about Sylvester McCoy. (laughs) Richie, Richie, might I suggest that you use sound bites from Sylvester McCoy's um, videos, his um, his cameo videos videos as your stings. (laughs) It'd be things like Wishing, wishing you a very merry day, Beth. Thank you. <laughs> wishing you lots of frivolity on this day, <laughs> your wedding day. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so far from what he sounds like. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, <laughs> episode so, one. So, episode one. Well, that was good. Big drilling. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> well, I'll I'll say this right from the Is top. It, uh-huh. Great titles. Oh yes, yes. When I saw that lamp. Oh, the, the exploding the the volcano. But it's the big or, uh, the font inferno. I was like. Uh, <laughs> This is going to be good. 
It's a solid <laughs> font, man. I, I thought I, I called out the font as well. It's like good and London, it, man. It comes up like chunky. bosh. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It was a real fuck you to the crowd. <laughs> is that, that last? Do, do all the episodes have that, or is that a- so? That's the last time in the show that they had uh, like a wee video for the the, the title of the story. It's a shame because it's something it they used to do in the. Also, it's the also, second time in the show that they've used that footage. Of the, vol- <laughs> <laughs> the volcano. But obviously it's the past and they don't expect anyone to ever see anything again after it's been on. Little did they know. Little did they know that it would be used in a masterpiece. <laughs> I think whenever I see I don't know what it is about volcanoes like in particular, especially flowing lava, that makes me feel very insignificant in the face of nature. So when I see that, I was just like, man, we're nothing. Like, imagine how good it would feel getting covered in lava. <laughs> I do. I do often think, like, what would, like, I'd love to pick it up. <laughs> you can just scoop it up in your hands. Lava yeah, flow mean, is very, very satisfying to watch. Yeah. Yeah, because it's very thick. Much like the rest of the episode. <laughs> um. So we're going to talk about how the guy working in the drilling place sees the green ooze so you see green ooze and you think well we're still onto a winner here because it's got green ooze (laughs) but (laughs) his instant reaction to discovering this green ooze fingers straight in straight in oh yeah yeah you don't mess around with something like that I mean that's a sci-fi trope that never went away though was it mm -hmm. that's like the guy who just put his finger right in it's like I know we're jumping ahead but like Stallman when he gets his opportunity to get his hands on the green goo and it's straight on the face it just made me think of when you're having a shower and the shampoo looks really tasty and you're like the, the forbidden like oh, I'd love to eat that shampoo yeah. but Stalman took his chance he's like well Earth's going to explode so yeah. Might as well indulge. I'm sure the stuff tastes great or smells amazing at least. Oh, it definitely has that look of like a Scottish limeade. <laughs> a thick Scottish limeade. A thick Scottish lime, <laughs> mucus like in its consistency. Scottish so, juice. It's just got so much sugar that it oozes <laughs> instead of flows. Yeah, really glugs out of that bottle. <laughs> uh, not anymore, though, eh? I'm not going to get into that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Since so, Maggie took away the <laughs> <laughs> Close the sugar mines. <laughs> Close the sugar mines, that bitch. <laughs> so yeah, episode one. We're at a drilling plant. Cause that's nothing kids love more mm-hmm. than a big industrial setting. Um and the doctor seems to just be there to he's only really there because he wants to try and get his TARDIS going and the, the weirdest thing about this episode is that his TARDIS he only has the console yeah he's decided I could maybe just power there's some sort of suggestion maybe that the power comes from the, the, the TARDIS so he's like you can time travel with just the, the control pad <laughs> yeah I, and hook I thought up to, uh, that he had maybe built that because I didn't know what the background was so I didn't know where Liz had came from I didn't know what, what I thought Really, he'd built that? There was no build-up to that. Right. <laughs> it was just, oh. we're, we're here. <laughs> oh. We're here. The doc- I mean, other than the fact that the entire series, the Doctor's been frustrated that he can't leave. Mm. 
and it goes on for a wee while after that. He's stuck on Earth, and um, so yeah, he's got he's got the console, <clears throat> and I think this is I'm pretty. Let me be. Yeah, I think I'm 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 about ninety nine percent certain there is no Tardis set oh. in this series at all, and that console is the prop. The original prop from the very beginning of the show, and that was the last time it was used, and it's pretty much fucked. <laughs> it looks like scored and kind of worn away, and um, it's the last time they used it before they ended up building a new one and a new set and everything. Would you like but, if um, that was the Tardis set from now on, just like a garage? To buy a big garage, yeah, with a car in it, <laughs> a couple of couple of tools, old paint cans, and they never really explained as well why what the need in having a remote control door was. And I'm assuming maybe it seemed like more sci-fi in 1970. I'd say it's just about a privacy thing. You know, like the Doctor seems like someone who really values their their privacy. Well, you don't want to get in and out of Brom to open the doors and back in. That is true, true. you're right. That's good, that's good. Um, He's got you there, Richie. (laughs) One thing I noticed noticed about the doors of the garage that I had noticed for the first time, even though that was a blue times. screen effect, Richie. No, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't real. Though. That was uh, <laughs> the exteriors were uh, put in later. If you look close, you can see it. There's a faint aura around the actors, which is a giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> the doors, the windows, and the doors. The they doors look, look like, like a TARDIS. TARDIS doors. I didn't notice that last time. You didn't notice that was the first thing. I the first time I noticed that. Oh my Mental. goodness. Also, they are wafer thin. <laughs> <laughs> Has to keep all that lava flow out. <laughs> but yeah, we, so we got this dynamic where um, you've got, you know, the professor working on the the drill and everyone telling him that... Maybe you're, you should, you're pushing it too hard, man. You're pushing it too hard to ease up. And then you've got the brigadier there trying to keep everything under control, but also he's, he's trying to get the doctor to do... Work while the doctor's like, no, fuck you, I've got my TARDIS to deal with. And um, yeah, we get a, we basically get two episodes of the thing about a parallel universe story is that you need a bit of time to establish the universe that you're in, I suppose. So we get yes. two episodes of, um, I'm trying to think what you would call the the primary world. Yeah. And, and all the, the sort of the main characters and everything. They're establishing the conflict and how much of an arsehole Stallman is. <laughs> but um, again, with Stalman, you've got another great Doctor Who kind of trope there, and that, and that's the scientist who just won't listen to anyone. Yeah, and he's, it really needs his head kicked, and it will all always be his undoing. Yeah, although I will say Stalman has such an incredible head of hair. <laughs> like <laughs> at times, you're like, mate, you've obviously lost the roof. Yeah, that head shave. Yeah, but then other other scenes, he just turns his head, and you're like, I absolutely see why you're clinging to this. <laughs> I, I've got that in my notes. I, I I've written down. Stalman has the just let it go. <laughs> I think it's just in the seventies. A lot of dudes were rocking that. Yeah, it didn't matter back then. No one gave a shit. Like it was. It's like what how people like uh, like Toto could be rock stars despite the way that they looked <laughs> no one gave a shit about that back then I know 70s rock stars were all ugly bastards <laughs> but um, I was going to say Stalman doesn't look much like a rock star but then I remembered his evil mirror universe counterpart 
which looks like something at Blooming Andy Warhol's crowd. <laughs> He's good. I, I will say. He is good. <laughs> the actor is very good at playing an arrogant guy. Yeah. I come from a parallel space-time continuum. Obviously, he is trying to confuse us, leader. So, well, let me put it this way. Um, I've been transported from another world. Uh, one that is running almost parallel to this one. He's unbalanced. No, I see what he's trying to do. He's trying to make us believe that he's mad. Well, it won't work, my friend. By the time the... Um split universe thing happened your concerns are then are just split in so many ways Mm -hmm. like because you were how's the doctor getting back that's a massive one but also there are monsters killing people but also there's the drill that's going to blow up the world and it's also happening twice (laughs) (laughs) so like when as soon as you're thinking there's a bit too much going on here let's literally double it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I suppose if there's a good side to that it's that as it got closer to the end I was actually thinking and you know very very often you watch stuff and you're not really thinking how are they going to get out of this one <laughs> because you're so used to formulas and stuff you've got to yeah. generally um, I can see them wrapping this up but I was thinking how is this going to be resolved <laughs> because there's yeah. so much happening. Yeah. Well, very much. It's resolved in very much the same way that all the other Doctor Who episodes that I've seen are resolved. <laughs> which is the Doctor just fiddles about a bit and then comes out like, that's it, done. And then... <laughs> I, think, I think the thing... like One of the things I like about those first two episodes is um, just watching kind of the Doctor... He's kind of invested in what's going on, but he's not really. He's only really invested in getting his TARDIS working, and a lot of that is just him manipulating everyone so that he can get the power that he needs. Yeah. Well, I think and like, then, like, like, and when when Liz Shaw runs into the the garage and he's holding on to the TARDIS, and he's got this look of like, "Bye." <laughs> and is that the, when the, it the turns into a nineties music video? I hated that scene so much. Like. <laughs> Genuinely scarier what, than any of the monsters in that. What are oh, the weird camera effects? Yeah, just like all the like stretching his face and. But I was going to say there's another like opportunity for John Pertwee's face to do its thing. Honestly, <laughs> and like the the abruptness of his return and the sound mix is so loud, like it totally reminded me again <laughs> of those public information films. Yeah. And how scary they were. <laughs> like it was just this big like. <laughs> Don't play with gas. <laughs> You know, I was like, this is too much. <laughs> it's so like, like if, without the, the B, well, I say the B plots, they're not, they're all the same in terms of urgency. But you could, t- by the end of the, the whole seven parts, the actual like shutting down the drill, the doctor does himself in about 15 seconds. <laughs> so if they didn't have that stuff, it would be pretty like any, it seems that anyone could really have solved that whole drill thing <laughs> like there was no need for the doctor to be involved in any way Professor Stalman please what's happening what's going on in there the thing that's funny about Stalman and like that character type appearing all the way through Doctor Who I guess at the time, like that figure was probably an authority figure in a lot of children's lives. 
like that sort of like grumpy British I'm right all the time you boy yeah yeah (laughs) I thought actually like in my notes saying Again, Stalman grabs Stalman grabs the jar with the liquid despite the doctor's advice, and I'm left wondering if anything is striking Owen right now. <laughs> I, I do enjoy, and it definitely must have been fun for the children in the audience who had that feeling of this guy represents arsehole adults. Uh, the doctor responding to Stalman's arrogance by essentially saying, "I tried." And leave. I thought he was going to keep fighting or like try to be like reason with him further. But when he's like, well, lump you. I mean, <laughs> you're, clearly, you're clearly not interested. So he does, I'm, I'm going to go away. He does have an air of like, oh, shut Oh, hell mend you. <laughs> <laughs> More than my job's worth. <laughs> like, it kind of falls to, to uh, Greg, the sort of drill expert guy. He's the sort of voice of reason for a long time. Yeah, and they try and shoehorn a, a sort of romance, a weird plot. romance with Petra. Even though he's a total like misogynist, also he does nothing <laughs> to endear himself to her whatsoever. He's like, "All right, darling." There are some choice lines like, "Don't ask any questions." There's a good girl. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like what has he possibly done to endear himself? Oh no, is that Just, a Greg line? No, that was the doctor. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're don't, right. Don't That's ask any questions. He's talking to Liz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then she smiles and she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, you're right. You, you've convinced me with <laughs> by just telling me to shut up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was, it was so weird. The one thing I did notice about Greg, the drill expert, was that when he spoke to other actors, I don't know if this is an actor's trick, but he almost looked exclusively at the other actor's chin. <laughs> so I he's talking to Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> <laughs> always, always just a little bit off. Yeah, and the actor's masterclass. Yeah, exactly. Always look at your Kunstall's chin. <laughs> like yeah, when do you know when when Thatcher was being interviewed? Uh, I think it was she always looked at the top of the interviewer's head, right? And to, it always to look was like, more down, yeah, down but also. But also, if you're talking to someone that's constantly looking at the top of your head, you're always slightly uneasy. Yeah, especially if you're baldy. <laughs> so maybe maybe he was doing maybe he was doing that. The he, doctor he, should he have talked to look. Stallman like that. Like just stare at Stallman's <laughs> comb over, gonna... <laughs> and eventually he just breaks and goes, "All right, fine, turn it off." <laughs> Doc, doctor's like. <laughs> You want to shave that off me? Everyone's like, ah, I called him out on it, man. <laughs> Keep drilling a fucking shop. <laughs> Lost Stalman. all the respect. Stalman's like, oh, I was in the uh, hairdressers earlier. So, oh, what were you in there for? To read the meter? <laughs> Everyone's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they need some drilling done? <laughs> How is Sir Keith? Yes, now there's a man who might understand. What do you know about Sir Keith? Only that he's the executive director of this project. Yes, I should very much like to see him. Would you indeed? Indeed, I would. And failing that, Professor Stalman. He's an opinionated oaf, I know, but at least he's a scientist. Very well. Are you taking this man to see the director? Why not? Whoever he is, he'll never leave here alive. I, I assumed that the reason 
everyone in this alternate universe was a total arsehole was not just because that's the way these things go and that you know it brings more drama to the doctor's situation but also it would be just too much of a downer mm-hmm. if there was nice people there knowing well, they're, they they're all well, fucked i was what i was going to say about it was that they're not all like we basically we've got bad brigadier and bad Liz, the two main characters, but everyone else is basically the same. They just dress differently. Yeah, there's definitely a more like Greg still fancies it. Petra, and they still have the same dynamic. Stalman's still exactly the same and most of the same thing, <laughs> except he's just a little bit sharp, sharply dressed. Look, man, which obviously surprised at someone fancying Petra in a different dimension. That's going to be a universal constant. <laughs> no, R- Richie, you, you can't ruin this theory because then it's just too sad. You have to assume that every man, woman and child was <laughs> evil. Was it and, evil? And their pets. All, all the cats and dogs. I mean, you other. think about everyone on Earth. Everyone on Earth dies. So they all had to be bastards. Yeah, I think that's, well, that's a fair way to the royal evil, <laughs> and I think they, it, they had executed the royal family. So it's yeah, I've got that in my notes. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> once he's in uh, evil universe, and they don't know who he is, mm-hmm. and uh, they're like, I just got off the phone, head office. They've no one to matching that description, and you think <laughs> yeah. you've just phoned someone and said, "There's like." <laughs> Like, describe him. He's kind of an older gentleman. There's no... We've got nobody no. who looks like this. It looks kind of like if, if Dracula was going to the opera. <laughs> <laughs> no. No one of that description He's here. driving Brum. <laughs> you know Brum? <laughs> I suppose they don't have Brum in Evil Earth. <laughs> I suppose we don't have Brom in Evil World, well, do under we? Under the, the dictatorship. <laughs> drive around in calm. <laughs> the bad Brom. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible idea. <laughs> oh, it's so grim. But like when he goes to the parallel universe and they immediately start shooting at him and he's like, right, i got to get away. And I was quite impressed with John Pertwee's how... how Agile he was and how sprightly he was, but yeah, you know, he's climbing up and down ladders, jumping about, driving Aye. his wee brum. Yeah, like well, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was the total action man doctor. Like he was, uh, you know, he was cause just because he was kind of into it as well. He wanted to do all the stunts and stuff. I mean, he certainly goes full Dominic Torito in that car. <laughs> I know, like, see when the guy jumps at him on the car and then he swings back and hits him, and the guy falls back. It's like the wide shot of the car going round mm-hmm. a corner as well. I was I sat. I mean, that's all him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I kind of looked back a few times to go like, did they swap out for a stuntman? And or was Pertwee driving that car? <laughs> it was Pertwee driving the car. Mental. Imagine that again. I know it's one of those things. Like these days, that wouldn't happen. But he was really <laughs> tooling about in that car. The Stig revealed. <laughs> <laughs> Never hear about the Stig anymore. Thank God. <laughs> It's one of the few small mercies of the modern world. <laughs> when uh, I go to my mum and dad's house to visit, uh, when they, you sit down on the toilet, across from there's a little shelf 
and there's a little statue of the stick facing you. <laughs> he just surveys you as you do your business. Well, at least he has to suffer that humiliation. Well, what are you waiting for? Stop this drilling and start filling up that shaft. We penetrate the earth's crust and all starts going very wrong. And um, and you're right. Like when you when you sent me a message while you were watching it, it's like I've got to episode five and I've just written down that people just seem to be running about. <laughs> yeah, there's a long stretch where it the the whole thing is basically just re- reduced to what it was in the the other universe. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just a bit more of an arse. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and that's about it. Like that's really about. I, th- I tell you what, though, for like a totalitarian fascist regime, they let the doctor away with a lot of lip. <laughs> yeah, they did. And just like a lot of like, listen, you if you mouth off oh, five or six more times, <laughs> and then he's like messing about with the computers, and they're like, hey, I know he's messing about with the computer, and then they're and and uh, Benton, is it ben- I think Benton's going to shoot him, and Liz is like, well. Let him let have him, a go. Let him have a shot. I imagine <laughs> the doctor was putting a firing squad. Maybe the, you know, he'd probably survive because they'd probably miss one of his four hearts. <laughs> well, I didn't really like when I was watching this. I was thinking like the amount of times he just gets away. I mean, obviously, like it becomes a joke later on. It's like never let the doctor talk because that's how he gets out of situations. But and he's a pacifist, obviously. But you can't he just go about being a cheeky bastard to a boy with a gun, you know? Yeah, no, that's all he is through the entire thing. It's just like he's an indignant swine, and that's how you should be. You should stand up to these people, Richie. Yeah, no, that's, no, true. that's true. That's true. Um, and then obviously the writer's like, and then he didn't get shot. <laughs> In my notes, I have Lib Dem taxi driver because <laughs> of the scene where he, he, the ta- the taxi driver has taken the guy who could save everyone oh, to, to, yeah. off the track, but admits. That they didn't want to, and they will bring them to the thing, and it's this really frustrating, frustrating kind of. Yes, I did kowtow to evil, but mm. I kind of know that I did, and now I want to set things right, and then instantly drives into a truck. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Watch the road." He's <laughs> like, "Watch the road," instead of explaining what a fucking idiot you've been. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird scene. It's worth mentioning that that was in the. Pri- I feel like such a wanker saying these things. In the Prime universe. Yeah. Because obviously we'd already established that the car had crashed and Sir Keith had been killed. Yeah. Don't feel bad about so, this stuff, man. The people listening to this kind of show, you need to keep them on track. <laughs> no, I know. That, look, we're it's, all for, it's for children. <laughs> it's a kid's show. <laughs> I know, I just don't like using words like prime universe as if I'm sitting here writing the <laughs> the wiki. I don't even know what they call it on the wiki. God bless them, those those beautiful boys in blue on the wiki. Uh, There's also, it's like, I also wonder like, if he went, you know, if he went back, I'm going to go back to that universe. Oh, they're all dead. Yeah, that's them. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, when they're in that universe, obviously the doctor gets slammed in a jail cell. Yeah. And I've written down... This is a really good joke that I wrote down, right? Mm-hmm. Ready for this one? Uh-huh. When the doctor is in the jail cell, John Pertwee's wee belly is amazing. There's nothing <laughs> Pertwee about that. Has <laughs> he uh, got a wee belly? He does have a wee belly. He's still much more athletic than I'll ever be, though. So, do you, is, is the reason that the doctor has no interest in helping these clearly real 
people <laughs> in this alternate dimension. There's probably multiple alternate dimensions. Mm-hmm. But he's just so burned from, I went there and they were arseholes, man. <laughs> put, me in, put me in a prison cell. Even the brigadier was, I mean, he's always a bit of a sap. Yeah. He was a mega sap. So just, <laughs> just fuck him. I so put that I drill in the ground more. myself. <laughs> like they, it had stopped just before penetrating the crust and he just gave it one big kick from the top <laughs> well I mean that's how like because the doctor again as we've noted in other episodes has no consequences for his choices or his actions so he can do that he can make that decision if he had to write a report a la Jean-Luc Picard at the end of all this and it went to a superior and they were like you did what? <laughs> I just let the, I let the universe die, uh, the planet died, um, and I let it happen more or less. And I refuse to take anyone with me. And I mean, uh, there has to be a certain point where you're like, "Look, I can't, I can't help you. I'm sorry, but I can and do need to get back to somewhere else where where they haven't made the, this mistake yet." I'm up against it. So there was a there is a line about like cosmic entropy or something like that about like causing a dimensional paradox if you took any of them back. I I was convinced <laughs> but he's going like, he's going to save whoever is like the nice person here. <laughs> he's definitely going to take a nice person back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did not expect it to be I'm sorry about you. <laughs> and then like it was like a literally completely uh, mood ruining just instant frame disappearance. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> he took his car with him. <laughs> Do you notice must that be, the car? Just like everyone in the car, ch- he changes dimensions. The mm-hmm. car turns around during the <laughs> yeah, so that he can drive know. out. Oh, so, so you good. don't have a scene of him <laughs> doing <laughs> looking looking in the mirror, back. reversing. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. No, you're right. We go. We get a big. We get, a big, uh, so we get the big climactic destruction of the Earth. And the best thing about it is that uh, after all that happens, it's like, right, one more episode where none of that happens. <laughs> we're going to give you the big finale and the full episode. Oh, a big episode of just we're just. Go- I'm going to go back and switch everything off. And well, of course, fine. the the biggest moment of the penultimate episode is the Doctor acknowledging the existence of Batman. Yes. yes, I've got this in my notes <laughs> as well. <laughs> Which, of course, just opens up so much. I shouldn't start talking about Batman <laughs> in earnest on the I Hate Dark 2 podcast. No, no. But it was one of those moments that really made me realise Batman's been around for ages. Forever. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, to be watching something from 1970 and someone's dropping Batman is clearly already a huge cultural thing yeah that it works and well Batman yeah he was like for about 30 years at that point yeah and he wasn't a boring moody wanker back then oh hey come on no (laughs) welcome to I hate Batman (laughs) because we know Doctor Who has visited the Marvel Universe and has run into characters like Death's Head who have had crossovers with the Transformers we know this (laughs) Why does but, Doctor Who refuse to meet the Transformers? Why does he refuse to meet the Transformers? <laughs> this is why I hate him. I don't like them. <laughs> but who would win between Batman and the Doctor? 
<laughs> Who would win between Batman and Starscream? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who who's most likely, Richie? You have to cast uh, Batman meets the Doctor. Uh huh. Which Doctor is most likely to beat him? To, to cro- not to cross over with Batman and team up with him. Who would have the least truck with the Joker? Okay, tell you what. You tell me what bat, what kind of Batman we're talking about, and then I'll tell you. Okay, Adam West. Okay. Adam West. <laughs> the wee fat guy. Let's see Adam West with the like, two wee fat guys. <laughs> <laughs> I would pair. I, I would pair Adam West with uh, Tom Baker. Might be too much, so I'm going to go for second Doctor Patrick Troughton. Okay. What That's good what an absolutely worthless bit of information. <laughs> <laughs> the second I asked the question in a joking manner, I regretted it. But you regret because I, I would I gave it thought. If you can think of a good uh, like a good Batman and Doctor to meet up, why don't you let us know down in the comments? <laughs> Final countdown commences now. Do you think even this late in the game, episode 7, did you still not laugh necessarily, but still find Penetration Zero to be a little bit <laughs> In the final episode, the Doctor has a chair smashed over his yeah, back. Yeah, and not like, like, <laughs> like fucking Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Just gets right back up. Yeah, fuck, I should have wrote that down. Yeah, you're right. I was, I, remember, I watched it uh, last night and it was, yeah, with the bit at the end when he smashes the chair over him and he just gets up. And there's no, he doesn't even go, ah. It's just, that's it those four hearts though. Yeah, exactly. Pumping all that Venusian blood through his veins. Um, <laughs> Not biting. <laughs> but like, also, the, the other thing that made me laugh was the, a lot of talk in the last episode about the number two output pipe. So, <laughs> Keith. I think you better give orders for that shaft to be filled in straight away. Indeed, I will. The actor, the actor Liz, <laughs> that plays Liz, that's her last episode. She only did one year. Oh. Which is a shame because she's really good. But um, on. <laughs> hold on, see if I can find it. On the wiki, I was reading it. There's two myths in the myth section of the, the Inferno wiki. Myth one the parallel universe aspect of the story has, was added to the scripts at the production team's suggestion to ensure that there was sufficient material to fill seven episodes. Though Terence Dix has claimed this in several documentaries, the parallel universe aspect was present as far back as Don Houghton's original story outline. It actually appears to have been the primords who were added to, at the production team's suggestion. So everything I said at the start is wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> only according to that. To the wiki. I mean, but not according to the special features on the DVD. Um, okay, but this 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 is the one that's particularly harsh. This was Caroline John's last story as Liz, as she was pregnant and could not return for the following season. Although it is true that the actress was pregnant, Barry Letts was unaware of this when he decided against renewing her contract. <laughs> huh? It's huh. <laughs> getting a nice little. That was just a, nice a really game. subtle. Do you know that's when loads of people are beating someone up. And someone just gets just goes over for that one kick, and they're off again, <laughs> and no one else can see. I mean, it is true that like, I guess Doctor Who fans want to get all the information they can, and it's a wiki wiki's job to do that. So uh-huh. if that information is out there, they feel duty bound to put it in. 
but it offers absolutely no extra insight or value to add that last bit in. <laughs> it's just cruel. <laughs> it's pretty cruel. Yeah. So it is a weird one, should, I guess. Should we um, brush off this bad atmosphere with a Doctor Who quiz? Ow. Taken straight from the okay, British Broadcasting Corporation. Hmm? <laughs> what to say, Richie? <laughs> Speak up, boy. This is about to close this wiki. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get get those tabs minimized, boys. Okay. Now, really now, I'm trust I'm trusting you to okay. not be looking. Yeah, I think I'll be all I think I'll be alright. Okay. Question one. He's looking at something. Look, look at him on the video. I'm minimi- it's been minimizing. I can see look it in his glasses. Can you can see, see his glasses? glasses? He's got just Doctor Who facts. The answers it says. <laughs> okay, now uh, I'm going to ask you a question, and you're going to say your name uh-huh. if you've got the answer, and then I'll take it. Okay, question one. What year did the extraterrestrial exterminators, the Daleks, first appear in the British science fiction television program, Doctor Who? Gavin. Oh. Richie. 1963? Correct. Son of a bitch. Question two. I was unsure because the show started towards the end of 63, so it was like... Question two. Sorry. Who was the first Doctor to appear in the Doctor Who title sequence? Gavin. Gavin? I actually know this one. It was the second Doctor. Oh, he's... <laughs> Is he right, Richie? He's right, yeah. He's right. Yeah. So that's one each. Ooh. Question three. In which classic Doctor Who story were we first introduced to the Cyber Planner? Oh, Gavin. Gavin? That is the wheel in space. Fuck off! You've got the answers. No danger. <laughs> like, this is, that just been... It is the wheel in space. I also uh-huh. would have accepted the wheel in time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Question four. Uh huh. <laughs> Who was the first Doctor Who character to encounter the extraterrestrial exterminators, the Daleks, on screen? Oh, Gavin. (laughs) Gavin? Oh, uh, what's her name? It was Barbara Wright. No, you... (laughs) Barbara Wright, that's what I have. Yeah, I think it was Barbara Wright. I thought it was. (laughs) Question five. It's a fun game. According to the fourth Doctor in the classic 1979 serial, The Creature from the Pit. Oh, yeah. What is his lucky number? Oh, Gavin. <laughs> now, if I get this one or two digits off, don't Gavin. hold it against me. Come back, it's always from memory. Uh, 70. F- oh, hmm. 74,384,338. I'll give it to you. It's it's 74,384,384. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't have got that one at least, so that's fine. Yeah, I think it's one for the fans. And uh, finally, 
Which British Prime Minister who famously said, I do not admit, for instance, that a great wrong has been done to the Red Indians of America or to the black people of Australia. I do not admit that a wrong has been done to these people by the fact that a stronger race, a higher grade race, a more worldly wide race... A more worldly wise race, to put it that way, has come in and taken their place. Appeared in the 2010 episode, Victory of the Daleks, (laughs) as the Doctor's best friend and personal hero. (laughs) Wow. Richie? Was that Winston Churchill? (laughs) Yep. So that's... Yep. Doctor's best pal. That's... (laughs) Four to Gavin, two to Richie. Thank you for playing the Doctor Who quiz, which oh, you, you can play yourself on the BBC website. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Gavin. Good game. Hey, thanks, man. I've just been. I just wanted to really bone up before coming on the show. Don't want to show my ignorance, you know. Um, I also have a game. If you don't mind, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I did a little bit of uh, boning up, as we all know about the Doctor's famous uh, four hearts. So I thought I'd have a look up. I'd look up Gallifreyan physiology, okay, Ooh. in which I typed in Gallifreyan physiology into Twit into Google, and it, there is a, a Tardis Wiki page dedicated and called exactly that. I know there's a whole controversy about it now as well. There, well, no controversies here, my friend. <laughs> it's a black or white answers. Okay. So I'm going to give you. Uh, well, in fact, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's not going to be the same kind of rules as before. It's okay. based on Doctor Doctor Who uh, Gallifreyan physiology. This is a game called Doctor Doctor Twat Fact or Crap. <laughs> so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a line, and okay. you're going to both get an opportunity to answer. You simply tell me whether what I'm saying is fact or is it simply crap. Okay. Do I have to say my name first? Uh, no, no. We'll we'll take both your answers. Okay. Ready for this? Ready. Mm-hmm. The Doctor famously has two hearts, the product of what is known as binary a binary vascular system. Is that fact or is it crap? Richie? It's fact. And Owen? Well, I'll say fact. It is fact. That's our first glimpse of this, of course, being spearhead from space. I'll, I'll just wait for Richie to answer each time. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Second, Gallifreyan physiology allows the doctor to shut off entry to his lungs, conserving a pocket of air within them, allowing to allowing him to survive longer underwater. Is that fact or is it crap, Richie? Crap. But when saying crap, I'm going to say crap as well. It's a fact from the prose story "Warriors of the Deep." Ha ha! Shouldn't have followed me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Next up, in the prose story, Canine and Feeling Fine, the Doctor's robotic canine companion, <laughs> accidentally rips the seat of the Doctor's trousers, revealing a lack of an intergluteal cleft or bum crack, with only a smooth plateau of flesh on display. No. Is that fact or is it crap? Fact. <laughs> fact. Fact. Owen is saying that's a fact. And Richie? Crap. You're saying crap. Mm-hmm. It was crap, yes. Oh. <laughs> Doctor's got no bum crack. Yeah. I thought as soon as you said it was a prose story, I thought... <laughs> yeah, they can get away with it. Someone, someone's <laughs> taken their chance. <laughs> Next, Gallifreyans need less sleep than a normal human, uh, needing, some, in some cases, only an hour and a night. Is that fact or is it crap? Fact. 
fact. It is a fact, which we learned in the very acceptable and still fine talons of Wang Chang. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Gallifreyans are more susceptible to a blow to the left shoulder, which is caused by an unusual nerve cluster. Is that fact or is it crap? That's crap. Fact. It is a fact from this pro story set piece. <laughs> Richie, you got to pay more attention. Yeah, please pay Get more attention. Put, put down your dang phone. <laughs> Just watch Doctor Who for once. For once in your damned life. And as our final uh, fact of crap. In the 1974 Doctor Who annual published by Fleetway, a visual gag in the story, Bylines and Landlines, shows the Doctor from behind appearing to urinate into two separate urinals, from which we are to infer that he has two penises. Fact. Fact. And that's crap. They wouldn't put that in an annual, that's crap. It's shot like from behind, so yeah, you no, see the streams. You don't see the penises. No, that's crap. No? Even back then, 1974 <laughs> Doctor Who annual. No, crap, crap. The last chance to make up some vital points. Crap. Crap. It was crap, I made that. <laughs> Damn it. And with that, I think Richie has comfortably romped home with a win on this one. You go home with her I Hate Doctor Who trophy and home game. The work that we did today, the TARDIS console is now fully operational. I seem to have heard that before. Goodbye, Liz. I shall miss you, my dear. But I've had about all I can stand of this pompous, self-opinionated idiot here. It's it's kind of the the, the, the part of the thing that's great about doing the show is like watching the episodes, knowing that you guys are watching it. And it, it really does take you out of your little bubble sometimes. Well, what I've it's enjoyed about this crate. is that when you did the episodes with us where you brought us in, we learned from that. You showed us something. And now, uh-huh. having done this, you're the one who's learned. Inferno's not great. <laughs> <laughs> Brigadier, my dear fella. I wonder whether I could borrow a couple of your stalwart chaps to give me a hand in bringing the TARDIS back. It's landed in rather an inaccessible position. Pompous, self-opinionated idiot, I believe you said, Doctor? Yes, well, we we don't want to bear a grudge for a few hasty words, do we? Um, yeah, no, thanks thanks very much for coming on, guys. I, I appreciate it. I mean, I kind of just did this as a, like as an excuse to podcast with you guys but if I could get in some Doctor Who chat in the meantime that was also fun mate I would do this again tomorrow night let's do it (laughs) I I have said before like if if, you know I'd I'd probably rather just continue Doctor Who I hate Doctor Who with just making you guys watch episode after episode (laughs) are we going to make this weekly that's all I'm asking is it going to be weekly absolutely not how long do you have that Britbox subscription for it's like a month free trial, but when it runs out, I can bang on another email address. <laughs> no, they don't. You don't know who's listening to this. <laughs> the Brits. When oh. you send this down south, as you're known to do, mm-hmm. they'll hear that and pass it on to their BBC chums. And as you screwed. And, and I'll, we'll ru- I'll ruin it for everyone. No free trials for anyone now. <laughs> I'm, I'm, as soon as this finishes, you'll just hear from the living room. It'll be like. Bah, 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 bah. 
<laughs> He's back on it. Should I? Should I have hit stop? Or? No, I well, I, I'll, I'll do. Maybe I'll do a bye. I think you should. I don't. Do I can't even remember what I said. And I uh, said thanks for coming on, didn't I? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably enough. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's the spirit. <laughs> They say I might as well face the truth But I am just